Hi everyone, welcome to Taboo Malta. It's a show where we discuss taboo topics in the sunny island of Malta. So, hi, today we have Emma. Uh, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, thank you for inviting me here. It's my pleasure. I'm Emma. Uh, I am a marketing executive at a hospitality industry in the hospitality industry. Um, I'm 24 years old. Uh, what else can I say? You were at uni, you told me. Yes, I graduated in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. I miss, I miss uni life. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting a bit of nostalgia here today at Campus yes. FM. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, I enjoy taking, taking a small walk around the campus and reminiscing the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got some art projects, right, going on at the moment? Yes, I got an exhibition. It's a collective one. Um, it's uh, Groundwaters. Okay. Um, basically, I showcase my rape sketchbooks, uh, um, sketches that, sorry, that okay. I did um, uh, alone in my dark space. <laughs> in your comfort zone. In my comfort zone. Yeah. That must be very cathartic to let it all out. And, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. So that now that you mentioned rape, could you go over your rape experience, please? Yes. Um, well, let me start from the beginning because it's kind of a whole so a whole story. Um, I was uh, in Mount Carmel several times, and uh, in Mount Carmel you have uh, it's it's a whole system. So uh, there are levels. And uh, basically being on a level means, uh, it means that uh, you have a carer with you uh, on a constant watch. So basically I was on level and uh, during the night uh, I had a constant watch carer as well. It happens to be that uh, I had this particular carer and uh, 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 so you were in Mount Carmel before the incident? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. And yes. was that due to some mental health issues or? Yes, I, w- I was diagnosed with BPD, okay. borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I take medication for that, so I'm okay. <laughs> and there's some anxiety and depression here, so exactly. <laughs> the whole process. <laughs> Okay, so you were Mount Carmel, you had carers. So with BPT, did you get diagnosed from a GP? Did you go to a psychiatrist and then they referred you to Mount Carmel? Like what was the process in that sense? It was kind of a hectic one because uh, I ended up in Mater Day and then to Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the experience there it was the first time, the first, uh, the first time I was... Uh, I was put in Mount Carmel, it was a whole nightmare, basically. You hear the stigma that surrounds uh, Mount Carmel and it doesn't really help. Mm-hmm. But the second, third and fourth time, they were a bit bearable, they were okay. Um, but the first time, it was a nightmare. Um, during my second uh, stay, um, I had this carer, at night, the night carer, and... Uh, he introduced himself. Uh, um, we started talking about my personal life because you're in a, you're in a safe space there. 
So you talk. Mm-hmm. It's okay to talk. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I thought. And um, I knew that I needed help. And I accepted it to a certain extent. Although at first I couldn't. But uh, eventually I um, I felt safe there. It was a, it was a safe haven. Mm-hmm. And... That's kind of you don't hear that from Mount Carmel, but that's it's, it's, it's true. It's yeah. true. Um, so basically, then I was discharged, and this night carer sent me a friend request on Facebook, and uh, I accepted it. <clears throat> Sorry, I accepted it, and uh, he started checking up on me. Um, Nothing, nothing serious, nothing uh, that was a red flag. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. There were no red flags. Um, uh, he started to uh, um, check up on my wounds that I had because um, uh, of my self-harm, basically. So this was outside of Mount Carmel? Outside of Mount Carmel. Okay, and are they, from a practitioner's point of view, or was he meant to send you a friend request? No. Okay. No. Yeah. Ethically not correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But because uh, uh, then there is the fact that I accepted the friend request, you know. But, but you were in a vulnerable space, so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. I couldn't. The fact that he was there to help in the first place, it felt okay to accept mm-hmm. his friend request. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So fast forward, then he. Uh, Wanted to check up on my wounds. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want to, but uh, he kept insisting, and he put me in a position where I couldn't uh, say no any longer. He even used the help, uh, the carer help uh, situation level that he had against me, and uh, he. Uh, well, he ended up at my home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a long story. He ended up at my home and uh, he raped me. There is a whole story. It's, it's, uh, there's, there are a lot of details, but I rather would not go in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then I ended up uh, in Mother Day. Mm-hmm. I called helpline before that. Um, they convinced me to call the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up in Mother Day, and then there's the whole, uh, uh, the whole process that you have to go to through um, the rape, the rape kit, basically. So, um, forensic results, uh, forensic. Uh, I don't know the the exact uh, the exact ter- terminology mm-hmm. yeah to get checked basically exactly. and yeah did they provide like a morning after pill or something yes. Yes. okay very good okay. yes mm-hmm. they did it was very it was <laughs> it made me feel better mm-hmm. the fact that there was this option I because mm-hmm. you don't know Is that, you oh. don't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and did how did the pro did you feel that the process was good in helping you physically and mentally going to Mother Day and oh. <sighs> <sighs> it 
it was very tiring there's going to be a lot of silence it's okay take your time don't worry I felt like I was floating I was not in a I was not in a place where I could decide what was good for me I thought uh, at this moment I thought that reporting it to the police was the correct thing to do I still I still believe that how old were you if you don't mind me asking it happened last April wow okay so I was I was 24 23 okay 23 years old it's been exactly seven months Wow, okay. And two days. Um, the process in Mother Day is, uh, is a nightmare. There are people, there, there, is, uh, there is the normal life happening for other people. And uh, you're just thrown there. And you have to appear as if, you know, you have your own normal life. Um, but uh, you don't have your own normal life. That shit is, it's crazy and uh, you don't want to go through that. But um, being there, um, I had uh, a, uh, there, there, there was victim support Malta, which helped so much. I wouldn't have done it without their help, honestly. Um, then the rape kit the rape kit involves swabs um, blood tests uh, was this quite invasive for you so going to the whole oh, yes. rape kit for example like it's different from going to the gynae for you know because it's something yes. that's it's not consensual at the end of the day you know yes um it was uh, it was a shock because mm-hmm. uh, you're in a in this vulnerable space you feel mm-hmm. vulnerable you uh, you your body has already been tempered once you know and mm-hmm. um, but then you have to ex- you have you have to let other people tamper with your body once again mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this time for for the right reasons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your body becomes a crime scene okay and uh, that thought uh, that your body is uh, preserving this evidence it's uh, you just want to detach from it probably right because you yes. feel like your body's external to you probably right and that yes in general. fact in fact there was a point where I was in Mother Day and I felt uh, like I was okay mm-hmm. because I had attached to my own body. I couldn't I couldn't accept the reality. There was still this normal life happening around me mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't accept the fact. There was no space for me to accept the fact of what has already to go through what had happened the, the night before. Because uh, it was very hectic. Um, I was very anxious. 
I was very scared in Mother Day. Did you go alone or did your friends or family come with you? What was the support? At this point, only my HR knew. In Lalo, okay. Yes. Of yes. work. You actually opened yes. up to HR of work. Okay. Yes, because she was concerned about me not going, to, not showing up to work, basically. Okay. So that's why mm-hmm. she happened to be the first person that uh, knew. Mm-hmm. Um because then even texting your friends, hey, I was raped, I'm a mother day. No one wants to receive that text. Must have been very difficult for you, yeah, to come to terms with the stigma, like you're saying, you know, as yes. because then you're labeled. Yes, because mm-hmm. you have to be strong for other people now. You have to tell them, you know, yes, I was raped, but hey, it's okay. I'm still, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was there any victim blaming when the process happened, or did they did you get any blame for your mental health, for example, because you're in a vulnerable position, or no, not none of that happened. The fact that I was in Mount Carmel, I had to break two stigmas here. Yeah, and it wasn't easy. Neither, neither of them, mm-hmm. either of them. Um, Uh, this is harder than I thought. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Um, so you mentioned you went to Mater Day, and you went through the whole process. Um, when you came out of it, did it then hit you once you went home and everything? Like, because you said that Mater Day felt like you could deal with it, sort of, because you detached from your body. Yes, but mm-hmm. you have to go. Uh, in Mater Day, there is no structure mm-hmm. whatsoever. Okay, they are not. Uh, ready they are not uh, prepared for a not they're not prepared there is no space for rape kits to happen you have to go from one place to another and you're leaving forensic results forensic pieces of yourself in every place around the hospital because there is no one room that uh, you get tested you get uh, There's no one room for the rape kit. Uh, It's all scattered around the hospital. You have to go to the gynae, you have to go to um, the other room and then the other room and then the other room and you have to repeat, repeat the story to each and every person, sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that you have to keep repeating, repeating yourself, it's like uh, at at a point, your story just becomes uh, you would become the narrator. Mm-hmm. You detach to, from the story, and I think that's how I dealt with it uh, at that time. It wasn't uh, my story anymore. It was just I was just narrating a story. Mm-hmm. And probably feel like a broken record because you're saying it over and over and over again and you get emotionally tired and fatigued oh, over the whole my process. God. Oh my God. Because repeating your story, it's dramatic, obviously, you know. Oh my God. So. In Mater Day, I spent a day in Mater Day doing, uh, doing the forensic shit mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I had to do. And uh, I remember at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. 3 p.m. I think or 2 p.m. 
I I was feeling drained. Mm-hmm. And uh, was there no like psychologist or therapist or anyone around you to kind of guide you through the system and the emotions? I had multiple victim support multa okay. with me. Okay, okay with and you. And I had a police officer as well with me. Okay, and how did they make you feel since you didn't, they were strangers to you? They were strangers, but uh, they knew how to deal with it. Okay, very good, okay. They knew how to tackle the problem, at least victim support more than you exactly the right words to say. Mm-hmm. They knew where to go, where each place was. So mm-hmm. I, I just let it up to them to guide me mm-hmm. and to take me away. Mm-hmm. from one place to another um but i remember going to the gyne um the last the last place was the gyne i believe and i remember i was so angry i was so tired i was exhausted i was scared i felt like shit at that point every person that i saw was a trigger Mm-hmm. Every fat person that I saw was a trigger because he's a fat man. Okay. My rapist is a fat man. And <laughs> that's uh, that's an obesity problem in Malta. <laughs> and that concerns me because <laughs> every every fat man is a trigger for me, especially a shaved fat man. <laughs> okay. Um, and there are a lot of fat men in the hospital. And, uh, But the guy knew was a woman or a man? The guy was a woman. Ansi, okay. Okay. But uh, I was angry at her. Mm-hmm. I was angry at uh, the police. I was angry at everyone. Because I didn't know who to target my anger to. Because mm-hmm. my rapist was living his life. Was He continued on his day. He texted me the next morning saying, hey, Emma, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I remember the policeman told me, don't answer. At any point during the experience, did he ask you for consent? And did you say no? When the rape happened, I was asleep. Okay, so yes, it's it's non-consensual. I was sleeping. Yeah. And uh, I think I need to explain this a bit further because the stigma and the, the victim blaming here is at its peak. Because, mm-hmm. you know, why did you let him in? Why did you give him his address? Why did you give him your address? Why, uh, why this and why that? Uh, and by these questions, they don't know that they're victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're blaming the victim. Mm-hmm. I am the victim. Coming to terms that I am the victim is uh, is a hard thing because I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor now. Um, but uh, questioning the fact that uh, why did you accept the friend request? Why did you invite him over? Why did you give him his address? What did you expect? It's like excuses, basically, that uh-huh, yes. they're trying to kind of pigeon you in, yes. pigeonhole you in, sorry, into the, yeah, no. A- again, you were in this vulnerable position. You said you were dealing with uh, BPD, 
Um, he was in the, he, in, or he still is, I don't know, in the healthcare system. So even going no. to Mater Day, he isn't anymore. He, uh, he's not working there anymore. Okay. He is a suspended. Very good. Okay. And with this whole process of being a Mater Day, did you have to open like a legal case against him? Like what happened then? Did he get reprimanded? Was he, his license taken away or you don't really know the details? Uh, I want to continue with your last question. Uh, sorry, okay. <laughs> Let's go back to that. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, because I want to explain that uh, mm-hmm. um, with the victim blaming, mm-hmm. the fact that they ask, what did you expect? That was, what, what, what did you expect was going to happen? What did I expect? I expected help. Exactly. I expected... Uh, a friend to listen at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. He was my carer. He was my carer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I expected from him. But he put me in a um, in a corner where I remember him being next to me, and he started to wound. He started to clean my wounds, and at that point, I broke up. I I started crying. I was I was in this pace where he put me, where he made me feel that I had to be taken care of like I couldn't take take care of myself and that was not the case mm-hmm. I could take care of myself I can take care of myself but he put me in a, in this space where you can't you can't uh, you have to let me help you because you're not capable of be helping yourself and from there on uh he started uh, touching. He took me to my bed. He demanded that I change to my PJs. He he took away my bra. He put me to sleep. He came in the same bed with me. And here people would say, you know, why did you let him sleep in your bed? Why didn't you just kick him out? But I, I wasn't myself. I, I had been tricked. Well, you put a lot of trust, right, into this character. So you would have never believed that he would have done or think of doing anything like that to you. Exactly. You know? I didn't have uh, the ability. I I didn't have the ability to kick him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at two a.m. he he started touching. He started kissing. He started. He raped me. That's another thing. So you're saying two a.m. So obviously at this point in time during that day you probably were tired. Oh, I was exhausted. Your defenses were down I as was well. exhausted. Anyone would be just like, you know. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I remember shaking uncontrollably when he was on top of me. I opened my eyes and he was staring at me. 
and there was this eye contact that at that point I knew that he this wasn't his first time there was this feeling where I'm not sure was I don't know but yeah there was this feeling that hey <laughs> he knows that he tricked you you were tricked you uh, you are here he's on top of you and this is not his first time he know he knew exactly what he was doing he knew exactly the right cards to play and i remember shaking uncontrollably and uh, so it was obvious physically that he didn't want this to exactly yeah. because my mm-hmm. body froze i mm-hmm. didn't push him mm-hmm. at that point mm-hmm. And people say, you know, why didn't you fight for yourself? Why didn't you start shouting? Why didn't you start it? You were under shock though, right? So I was not just under shock. He's a fat man. He was on top of me. You couldn't... I was scared to, to that, that mm-hmm. he was going to put his hands around my neck. I didn't know what he was capable of at this point. He had already crossed every line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was scared that he he was going to kill me because um, because I was not going to let him rape me but at this point he had already raped me but I couldn't continue letting him take advantage of my over my body and uh, as I started shaking uncontrollably he uh, He looked concerned that I was I was shaking. He started telling me, "Stop shaking, stop shaking, stop shaking. It's okay. It's okay. Nothing happened. It's okay." And his words, uh, I remember his words still in my mind and they're echoing. It's okay. And I thank my body for shaking because although it froze in a fight or fight reaction situation, my body froze. I was angry at my body. I I wanted to shout, I wanted to scream, I wanted I wanted to push him away, I wanted I wanted to destroy him because he had already destroyed me it sounded fair at that point you know he mm-hmm. he destroyed me he violated me and uh, at that point i knew that i had to fight for my justice because i couldn't let him this monster destroy other people's lives because i I, like I said, I knew that he, I had this feeling that it wasn't his first time. So I had to fight for other victims. I had to fight for future victims that he is raping. Because I don't know, you know. But so he's not in prison or? Oh, no. Oh, no. There isn't even a case yet. No, because the magistrate asked for six reports and uh, 
basically these six reports come from different sectors like forensic results uh, like the hospital uh, police re- police uh, reports uh, six six of them and so far my lawyer told me that there are two reports yet to be submitted so the magistrate cannot move forward with them so it's like at this point i'm uh, So he's walking freely, basically, at the moment, just... Mm. He's living his life uh, with his wife. He's married. He is married. He's living his life and uh, he is uh, celebrating his wife's birthday. He is... Because uh, I follow his wife. I... I feel that I have to check up on him to see him as happy as he can be. <laughs> and I'm here and I'm stuck and I am traumatized and uh, my life uh, my life was broken and his life uh, is still continuing as if nothing happened as if it it is all okay like he said it's okay. and basically i'm still waiting for the magistrate to rule out if my case is believable enough because that's what it comes to you know is my was my case is was my narration believable enough am i to be believed Because basically that's what the reports are for, you know? Were the reports uh, good enough? Was my English, was my statements good enough for the magistrate to rule out that uh, this case is uh, is a case? No wonder people give up if this, it's such a process to go through. And I'm, I'm imagining even financially getting a lawyer going through all this. To be honest, my lawyer um, was... Uh, my lawyer is from Victim Support Malta. Okay, amazing. They supported, they okay. supported mm-hmm. that way as well. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I if it wasn't for that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have filed a report because... <laughs> Yes. I just started my life. I don't have that kind of uh, money to mm-hmm. to fight this fight. It's it seems like it's quite an uphill battle to first obviously go through it. But then to convince the state and everyone around you that yes it happened. So you feel probably that you start doubting yourself probably right for everybody if they keep on asking you questions and people doubting you and victim blaming and even the questions that they ask during uh, during uh, the statement they ask uh, but did you fight for yourself and i remember shouting at at the psychiatrist mm. and telling him No, I couldn't uh, I couldn't fight for myself. I couldn't fight for my body. Mm-hmm. He is a fat man. He was on top of me. What did you expect me to do? You didn't have the strength to push him off, basically. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. 
So you said it's been seven months since it happened. Nothing has happened. Law courts, this guy is just walking around with his wife, pretending everything is happy and jolly. And probably, like you said, other victims, I don't know who else he was caring for, are probably at risk, you know, if they even dare to to speak up. Because like you're saying, it's it's a a whole process. Um, And since then, has it affected your own personal relationships? Like, were you in a relationship at the time? Um, I've been in a relationship for seven years now. Oh my God, okay. Yes, and we're preparing to get married in six months. Congrats, how sweet. (laughs) Thank you. And I remember the first few days after the rape, uh, I can say that they were the hardest, but uh, it hasn't hasn't got any easier. Mm -hmm. Um, But... uh, I remember texting. I remember being at Mother Day and texting my boyfriend, my fiance. I can <laughs> say that. Um, that uh, I have been raped and I am okay. Because you don't want him to think that you're broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want him to think that you're not doing okay. You have to be strong for other people around you. Because, you know, um, you feel like a broken mirror and the broken parts. Uh, you don't want to hurt other people with your broken parts. Mm-hmm. You want to protect other people from what happened because you couldn't be protected. But... Uh, Knowing that uh, this will break other people, your friends, your family. It's a whole trauma in itself. And I remember the first night, I remember messaging him and he came straight from Gozo because I'm Gozatan. Okay. (laughs) He came straight from Gozo. And I... We slept. Because uh, then, you know, you have to go back to your crime scene. Because it happened in my bed, in my own bed. Uh, and I had just bought this place. And it was my safe haven. I uh, I was starting decorating the place. I, I was making it my own. Uh, mm-hmm. And then suddenly, uh, it becomes a crime scene, just like that. And you have to live in it. You have to be okay with it because, you know, it's uh, it's your place. I couldn't let him win over the fact that... I couldn't let him win with my place. I couldn't let him win and steal it from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I still struggle with it every day. I have to live in this place. I want to live in this place. I don't want him to win. And uh, it's a battle each and every day. And I remember the first night sleeping on the carpet with my boyfriend. And second night, the same. Third time, third day, the same. And it went on for weeks and months since I 
could uh, go back to my bed and sleep on it. And uh, because you uh, you are living in your trauma, you are living mm-hmm. in your trigger, in your tri- you're living your triggers, and it doesn't get any easier. Because then uh, part of the rape kit involves the involves my blanket. They the forensic results the forensic police had to come over and they took away my blankets and I remember them taking photos of the crime scene. And these are things that you only watch on TV. Mm-hmm. They are not things that happen in real life. No one prepares you for for these kind of things. No one prepares you the aftermath of being raped, of filing a police report. And I think that's a problem because in an ideal world, we we don't want to uh, to know about these things, you know? In the ideal world, no one gets raped, but uh, we have a prison. So these things happen and we have to uh, live with the idea that, uh, you know, you can be the next that's going to be raped just because you're a female. And not just because you're a female, because males get raped as well, but the results show that females are more prone to being raped. And you have to give out your panties in the hospital. You have to give out your blankets. You have to let people take photos of your naked body. Uh, That's part of the forensic results, the forensic kit rape kit basically and you have to let people swab you and you have to be okay with it because you know you you want to think that you're doing the right the right thing for yourself at that point and uh, you know who's going to prepare you for being uh, for your panties being taken away in the middle of the day, in mother day, and you have to walk away with no panties, you know? Who's going to prepare you that I should have brought an extra panties with me, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This stuff doesn't happen. This stuff, uh, mm-hmm. stuff can't be true, but it is. Uh, and uh, people need to know this, the aftermath of being raped. <sighs> And how do you feel you got your power back after the situation? So, for example, talking about it, I think, is a sort of kintsugi experience where you're kind of piecing yourself back together um, and framing the situation in a way where you are strong and it wasn't your fault and it happened. So it it takes a lot of guts and courage and bravery to continue fighting, I guess, um, against the legal system, the whole system of Malta, like... Um, obviously they didn't give you a time range when this will actually get solved or what will happen. We all know how the legal system is in Malta. Um, 
how do you think we can prepare people, women in general, um, anyone who's vulnerable for situations like this? Like, what do you wish you could have told yourself back then or some resources that you could have had or nothing would have prepared you for this? There are a lot of topics that you mentioned here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the first thing that I want to say to your question is you can't prepare anyone for these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, the truth is, like I said, it can be you that, it can be anyone that can be raped in any second because because the question that I mentioned earlier on about uh, the victimization, victimizing people, like um, in particular, uh, what did you expect? That's what, what was going to happen. What did you expect was going to happen? But do you don't be ex you don't accept to being raped. You don't wake up thinking, you know, today I'm gonna be raped. Today I'm going. You don't expect going on a bus and being raped. You don't expect to going anywhere and being mm -hmm. raped. Mm -hmm. But these monsters exist within us, within our community. I think though there's a bit of a a miss in the educational system where we are not taught about consent and PSD growing up in secondary school. I wasn't, for example. Um, we're not taught about contraceptives. We're not taught these things. And I think we should be when we hit yes. puberty, you know. So no, you don't expect to be raped, but you expect them to have a basic educational information and knowledge of what not to do, you know. Exactly. And I think the fact that we're in a Christian country and these things happen and they're kind of brushed under the carpet, I find it very ironic in a way that these people are just like walking, living on with their lives, you know, thinking and everybody has problems, social media thinks everything is okay, everything is, you know, and you're here broken trying to pick up the pieces basically, you know, which is very unfair. Um, so yes, I do believe like you're saying, like you said before, there should be, for example, at Mater Day, one centralized place so they don't have exactly. to take you all around the hospital, that they actually, when you phone or whatever they they prepare you so they have like for example another pair of underwear for you if they know you know exactly they have a bit of um a, a calm room because you know? even even the people even the nurses at mother day they they know how to take a rape kit mm -hmm. but they don't know how to deal with a raped person exactly so i think with the police and healthcare workers i don't think that when they're studying or at any point, or if they do, it's an optional unit, if I'm not mistaken, that they get emotional intelligence training. So, which I think is very, very important. You're not a piece of meat, you know? Exactly. Um, but yes, they're helping you, but it should be done in a certain way as well, where you don't feel... Violated. Exactly, because it's very invasive. I can't even imagine someone doing that to me and nothing has happened to me, like taking away my underwear and my blankets and being stark naked and people taking photos of me. Not a if I, w I had gone through something like this, you know. So I think a lot needs to be worked on to actually help victims, the ones who actually speak up, because we don't know how many people are haven't spoken up because they just gave up, you know, because they're like, it's not worth it.
for example, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Because even at the hospital, once once they are taking swabs, they don't uh, they don't understand why you can't stay still mm-hmm. whilst they're staying whilst they're taking the swab. They I remember the nurses being almost angry, frustrated at me for not staying still whilst they're swabbing me. And I remember the I remember the psych I think it was the psychiatrist that he had to explain to the nurses that I had just been raped. I had just been violated and uh, putting something I'm going to be explicit here, okay? Putting something in my vagina again is going to make me feel like I'm being raped over again. They they couldn't understand that. And I remember them asking, do you want us to to swab you? Do you want us to continue with the police report? And I couldn't say no at that point because I have already been through, uh, through so much that mm-hmm. uh, there was no... Op- I didn't feel like that was an option for mm-hmm. me to stop there and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember that question and... Uh, I remember how cold that question felt at that moment. Uh, like, yes, of course, I want to continue, but please uh, be reasonable with me. Be gentle, right? Be gentle. Mm-hmm. And there were people that were gentle. There were. I can't. Uh, I can't exclude the fact that you know, the police were gentle. There. Victim Support Malta, they were very, very gentle. They followed up uh, several times with me. And they even offered, uh, they offered a lawyer, like I told you. They offered uh, psychology, psychologists, but I had to refuse because I already had my own psychologist. Okay. But um, there were these, uh, there is a system, there is a system, but we need uh, to... uh, update that system now and you asked me uh, about uh, how I deal with it now and uh, the truth is uh, I am still struggling with it and it doesn't get any easier last week I was back in Mount Carmel because of it because of the PTSD and uh, it feels like it just happened mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Uh, seven months ago. It feels like um, I have been raped yesterday. And saying that out loud, I have been raped. And... You don't want it to be your reality. Mm-hmm. You don't want to live in a world where you were raped. And at a point, you know, you don't want to live in a world in your life. You don't want to... You want to get away from your body. You want to... Whatever 
that might call for, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was suicidal, I was depressed, I was suffering from anxiety, I I am taking medication, I have to take medication, I had to increase my medication because of the PTSD, because I was already taking medication before. Um, and has the medication helped? Because for a lot of people, it's like there's this huge stigma around it, but it helps you function. Oh yes, there is. A, there is a. There is a huge stigma. <laughs> there is a huge stigma around it because I've got friends telling me, you know, you're better off without the medication, and I am like. Hey, you're not living my life. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it has helped. It helped. It is helping. It is yes. helping. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for the medication. I'm thankful for the psychiatrist that I have. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm shaking. I need to shake it out. Shake it out. I need to shake it out. Because <laughs> it doesn't get any easier than this. I'm so proud of you for being strong and for speaking up and being so honest about everything. Um, it's a journey, right? So there isn't going to be a cut-off time. No, and even being in Mount Carmel again, I've I've been in Mount Carmel four times, two times before the rape, two times after the rape, and the two times after the rape, uh, they, I was, I was there because of the rape, because I couldn't accept the fact that. Uh, I couldn't, I had a lot of panic attacks and I still, I still experienced them. And uh, it also must have been triggering for you to go back to the place where your exactly. abuser used to work, you know, exactly. to get help again. So, you, you know, yes, but I also f- still feel safe there. Okay. Very good. Okay. I still feel uh, safe because Yes, there's uh, one bad fish in the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least I hope there's only one bad fish in the system. That you know of. <laughs> that I know of. I hope there is yes. There's no, no more. Um, but I can't exclude the fact that uh, there are other nurses, other carers mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. do so much for the patients. Mm-hmm. And we hear that Mount Carmel is a very bad and haunting place but the people there they make it feel like home they i don't want to romanticize the fact that you're in mount in mount carmel because mm-hmm. there's no romanticized thing mm-hmm. i can't romanticize that mm-hmm. but uh, nurses help nurses f- makes you feel make you feel safe and uh, they do their utmost to fight with the stigma every single day. And they do a good job with that. They really do. And I can't say that uh, Mount Carmel is... Because uh, Mount Carmel is not the place where I was raped in. And I need to say that out loud because... Uh, a lot of people misquote me mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Mount Carmel is not the place where I was raped in. It's mm-hmm. it's 
where my career worked, yes, and where I had, where I got to know about him. But uh, still, uh, I don't regret going to Mount Carmel again, because this is the other stigma that we need to talk about now, because. Uh, Getting help, there's nothing wrong with getting help. It's okay. It is really okay mm -hmm. to get the help that you need, whatever that might be. If you need medication, if you need to be impatient in Mount Carmel, if you need uh, to go to your psychologist every other week, whatever that is. Because uh, we... We do try and uh, fight the stigma, but in reality, then you get labeled crazy. Mm -hmm. You get labeled uh, tafrankuni. You get labeled mijnuna. And it's like contradicting ourselves. <laughs> we are contradicting ourselves mm -hmm. with... Um, <sighs> With the fact that uh, no one, no one of us is okay. You I know? think we should all be in therapy. To be honest, we all need therapy. Yes. Um, in fact, yesterday they came out with the mental health hotline one five seven nine. Really? Uh huh. So it's a free hotline. I know there's Richmond Foundation as well. And there, and there's uh, another helpline as well one seven nine. I believe that I, think so. I call. I I had called okay. them several times, and I had called Richmond Foundation again. And several times, and they help. They really do help. Amazing. They really do help, and they mm -hmm. make you feel safe, and they make sure that you are safe. Mm -hmm. And if you're not safe, they uh, they will make sure that you're safe. So it's funny, actually, because once you do reach out, even from my personal experience, so I got referred to the psychiatry clinic in Halormi. And like you're saying, they do check up on you. They like call you every few weeks. They're like, all right, do you need help? Are you okay with cleaning? Like they actually follow up and... Yes. So then you feel, why didn't I get this help sooner, you know? And exactly. it was all about that stigma where everyone, like you're saying, so if you've got an imbalance in your brain of serotonin and oxytocin, then yeah, you need to fix that. So why are we all suffering in silence, trying to be brave, saying, no, no, we'll get through it. <laughs> Exactly. Like at the end of the day, who the hell cares, you know? Take care of yourself. Look out for yourself. And you'll get better. You'll, you'll get through it. And I think this whole experience as well teaches you who your true friends are. Um, and that you are strong and you can get through anything, you know? Yes, because we think that being brave means... Uh, um means being our own hero sometimes yes. and sometimes we need uh, help help <laughs> ask exactly. for help yes exactly yes and there is a lot of stresses at work yes. and there is a lot of uh, stresses uh, during university yes. yes so why not why not sometimes we just need to talk it out with someone professional and uh, it's okay mm -hmm. it's okay yeah it really is okay mm -hmm. Thank you. So to finish this off, are there any final remarks you'd like to say to the audience or anything that you're working on? Have you got an exhibition coming up or? 
I've got uh, a gala exhibition <laughs> that's coming up. Okay. Yes. And when is that going to be? Uh, next week. <laughs> okay, quite soon. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, because drawing helps me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sketching helps me a lot, a lot. It's part of how I deal with my trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I truly recommend everyone because our therapy is the real thing. Mm-hmm. I uh, I never thought about it in that way because I studied art and I studied digital art as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, art had helped me like no other. And I think I am the lucky one because I've got my art. I think I am the lucky one because uh, I found support. Mm-hmm. I've shared my story on my Instagram and... Uh, I keep receiving support. I am so very thankful for anyone that reaches out because although there is a stigma, although there are the the, the bad and stigmatizing, victimizing people mm-hmm. out there, there are still, there are many other people that uh, will support you. And this is, something that I need to say because although you will get victimized you will also receive support from others mm-hmm. so it is okay to speak out because although there is a very big chance that you'll be victimized you're not a victim you are not what happened to you and we need to continue living our life and put this behind us <laughs> and it's very very hard to put this behind us because you get reminded and you get triggered very easily and I'm preparing to get married in six months and I don't know when my court day court day is going to be if there if there will be a court I hope there will be a case. I really, really hope there will be a case. Because I've done everything that I could have done. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can do any anymore, but uh, speak, uh, continue speaking out, mm-hmm. continue uh, normalizing the, the fact that uh, people get raped and... Uh, we have to help those people. So if someone has been raped, for example, is there a hotline they can call or a website or what? what is the first step? I called helpline. I called 179 okay. and they guided me to call the police. Um, but uh, you can also not call the police if you don't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. But you still need help. Uh, and is there a time frame? So I've heard that you can only get checked like 24 hours after it happened at Mother Day, for example, like if it's been a month, for example. Unfortunately, yes. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, yes. But uh, you still need uh, help. You still need therapy yes. and you still need to talk it out. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you, I think you still can, uh, you still can file a report though. I'm not 100% sure about that. Okay, so for anyone listening, if they're going through this, they can contact Victim Support Malta, 179, 
and they'll be guided from there, right? Exactly. Um, okay. Exactly. Okay. Amazing. Okay. All right. Um, thank you for coming today. Thank you. I really admire you. Even though you've been to so much, you've managed to come out of it strong and you're still going on with everything in your life. I still have my struggles. Like I said last week, I was in Mount Carmel for yes. a week. So And that's okay. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Yes. There are... It's never going to be rainbows and butterflies, right? Recovery, recovery is not a straight line. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Um, if you've got any similar stories or would like to talk about any taboo topics, uh, please contact me. Thanks.